on today's I Didn't Say That, we cover the failing New York Times, and they're just awful, pathetic, no good, terrible, subversive week. Uh, we get into a list of four about last week's Democrat debate and talk about who came, who, uh, who, who won. Hint, no one on that stage. Uh, and then we obviously have some, we have some real great <clears throat> Trump tweets to go through. Um, and then just some, some, some quick hit items that'll make you wonder if our voting laws are a little bit too lax. So, uh, let's start the week. Did it. Nice fade out there. Thank you, sir. Slowly but surely, this is turning into a... A real thing. Professional operation. Semi-professional. Semi-professional race car driver and amateur tattoo artist. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like I said, leading off, I think we got to start with the, the New York Times. I know uh, this morning, I put on Morning Joe, and they let off with um, the strike. Blaming Trump for the strike. Because uh, until Donald Trump, there had never been a work strike, work stoppage in America. Um, but now, all of a sudden, Donald Trump's president. Um, Donald Trump is president. We have we have strikes. First time a union has ever strike, uh, gone on strike, and the struck, 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 struck. Um. So yeah, so Donald Trump invented strikes, just like he invented hurricanes last week. Sick. <clears throat> yep. Uh, and then they went on the the uh, the the other topic du jour is the Iran, which uh, we'll we'll touch on in a little bit. Um, but I think the, the, the real story is the, uh, just the complete and utter meltdown that the New York times has had over the past week, really over the past five days. So I don't even want to start with what happened this weekend. I want to start with what happened last week. And I believe we mentioned it briefly and, uh, last week. Uh, and if not, uh, that was an error on our part, but, uh, this was on September 11th. September 11th at NY Times, the official, the New York Times account, tweeted out, 18 years have passed since airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center. Today, families will once again gather and grieve at the site where more than 2,000 people died. Sentient airplanes. Those damn airplanes, man. Those airplanes. Why aren't they outlawed? Who is launching these (laughs) airplanes? Uh, can't even bring themselves to mention that uh, this was the result of 19 Islamic radicals who were uh, attacking the United States. They obviously deleted the tweet, issued a correction later, but damage done. So let's establish here just for a fact that whoever is running the New York Times Twitter account or whatever oversight there is of it is... I wouldn't say it's lax, but I, I would I would say is the people with the oversight on this Twitter account have a pretty aggressively left wing worldview. Now, don't let that don't let that shake your faith in humanity at the New York Times, and don't let that shake your faith in journalism that the New York Times might be home to some of the most aggressively liberal people in this country. Um, but that leads us to. This past weekend. And starts off with a truly bizarre tweet from the New York Times. 
one one of one of the all-time weird things to tweet out. This is from the New York Times opinion handle at NYT opinion. Having a penis thrust in your face at a drunken dorm party may seem like harmless fun, but when Brett Kavanaugh did it to her, Deborah Ramirez says it confirmed that she didn't belong at Yale in the first place. <laughs> I want to know what kind of fun they're having in the New York Times offices. It's just dongs everywhere. <laughs> just flapping about, saying hi to everyone. I guess that's what goes on in the New York Times opinion uh, editorial offices here. Um, but no, it was uh, this was about a New York Times uh, article based on a book um, that New York Times uh, authors had uh, had put together. And it is about uh, this allegation from a man named Max Steyer, who said that Kavanaugh dropped his pants at a college party, yada, yada, yada. Kavanaugh pee-pee meat face. <laughs> well, there's three kind of huge issues with this story um, that are found in the book. They're not found in the article that is an excerpt of this book. Um, but they are found in the book. The first, Max Steyer doesn't really want to talk to anyone about this. I think it says everything. He's a Clinton attorney. He's worked for the Clintons. Um, we know where his sympathies lie. And he's like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going on the record for this one. And then, and then the next blockbuster is supposedly the victim, Deborah Ramirez. She can't recall this incident. <laughs> Right there and then, as a journalist, aren't you supposed to say, hey, maybe, you know what, we stop pursuing the story, be like, we have it from some, you know, some credible source, or a credible source that this happened, you can confirm. She's like, whoa, that, no, that's weird. And the, uh, the, one of the other big revelations is Leland Kaiser, who is uh, Christine Dr. Ford, I guess we refer to her as his friend Leland Kaiser, doesn't believe her. It just doesn't make any sense. Lifelong friend Leland Kaiser told New York Times reporters about Ford's allegations, adding, I don't have any confidence in the story. Um, so this is all in that Robin Pogabrin and Kate Kelly's book, uh, The Education of Brett Kavanaugh. Um, so, so we're faced with this massive article. It goes viral. We have every 2020 Democrat candidate calling for Brett Kavanaugh's head. Except for Klobuchar who said we need to investigate this. Well, Klobuchar, Klobuchar put out that tweet you know, with Dr. Ford standing up, holding her hand, taking the oath, and being like, this is what courage looks like. You're, you're joking, right? This is a woman who it is very clear in the reporting that Molly Hemingway has done that um, this was a coordinated, as, as, as if we needed proof, this was a coordinated smear on Justice Kavanaugh that has no basis in fact. What Dr. Ford is doing was what we would call acting. <laughs> um, this was nothing more than political opponents of the president attempting to destroy the life of a man that they disagree with for no reason other than orange man bad. That's the bottom line of this. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of reading that people are, are doing into it. Tucker Carlson started off the show tonight talking about how this is part of the left's 
This is part of the left's attack on the Supreme Court and how they've been talking about wanting to pack it in order to tilt it to the left or find ways to just completely disregard the court altogether, um, if not tear it apart. Um, you know, I, it, that's, that's not a take that I particularly disagree with. Um, it's just not the first place that I go because I don't think the Democrats need to set up a long con to make an argument for packing the court. I think they'll just do it anyways. I think that that's actually part of the Democrat DNA. When something doesn't go their way, they're going to pout and scream until they make it get their, until they get their way. Um, and so I don't, I don't, I think this is just, I think this is an emotional visceral reaction to someone who once again, they don't see as legitimate. They don't see Brett Kavanaugh as legitimate, Justice Kavanaugh as legitimate. They don't see Donald Trump as legitimate. Um, and so they are going to do what it takes to destroy him. Yep. That is it. And they are going to make up anything. And it's just another... It's it's sad that we have to celebrate and highlight when things like this happen. Because as conservatives, we know this happens every single day. And every single hour you look at the news and you pull up some article that a friend sent you, that you saw on social media, that you saw just browsing the internet, and you go, that's not true. That's just not true. Yep. And, you know, obviously this is going to go down as one of the more famous examples of of that, you know, this is the New York Times that a couple weeks ago were complaining that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, reporters are going to have to be held responsible for what they say on social media. Oh, the horror. <laughs> like everyone else in America that can't make outlandishly racist and anti-Semitic and disgusting comments on social media targeted at other people. Do you know how many companies, especially large companies these days, they spend so much time and effort on their digital advertising online to stay away from any objectionable content? They have people combing through their employees' social media in order to make sure that there's no possible eruption or any sort of bad six-hour period on Twitter. I, I, I just, it's, you know, I mean, immediately my head today went to Rathergate, right? When, when Dan Rather and CBS said, we have something here that fits our narrative. We are going to run with it. Facts be damned. In an attempt to discredit the president of the United States and his service in the Texas National Guard. And it turns out they were fed fraudulent documents a lot, of, some, a lot of people lost their jobs over it, but it permanently discredited Dan Rather and CBS News, to be completely honest. How can you trust CBS News now? Those, that, those are the people that have such an, there's such a, and talk about implicit bias on the left. There's such an agenda that is central to their core values at CBS that something like this it took outside forces to check. And same with the New York Times. 
You know, but we knew that. We knew that from the leaked conversations that came out a couple of weeks ago. The leaked internal meetings about, you know, how, you know, we've got we've to find a way to pivot from Russia because Russia does this fake Russia story doesn't have any traction anymore because it's been proven to be fake. Now they're trying for Brett Kavanaugh and they get caught in a lie again. Meanwhile, Kavanaugh has sided with some of the liberals on some recent cases and he's just doing it in typical Washington swamp creature like fashion. Oh, I'll throw them a bone and then they'll like me. No, they're never going to like you. You can throw them a thousand bones. They're never going to like you. He's not so, as bad as he's not as bad as Roberts. Grow a thick skin like Trump and yep. stand up for what you believe in. They're never going to like you. So yep. you may as well have your face like you and and you know do what you believe in. Where's your cojones, son? But no, it's great that Justice Kavanaugh's on the bench. He's going to be on the bench for quite some time. Hopefully he stays in the more to the right than the center. Yeah, hopefully he emulates the Alito Thomas wing of the bench rather than the John Roberts wing of the bench. Um, it certainly seems like it's trending that way that he... Um, He's going to be a reliable conservative vote. It's not going to be another Bush mistake like John Roberts or David Souter. Um, no one's done more damage to. You could say you could say that the appointment of John Roberts, you know, has certainly um, has done everything it can to slow down or stop any sort of conservative movement in its way. The Roberts Court. But anyways, I, I think I think it's a great time to pivot. You know, when you when you bring up Amy Klobuchar, um, yeah, I had some polls that I wanted to go. You know, about you know twenty five. You know, press has, you know, the second lowest net, you know, positive ranking after you know it's only better than Congress. But to us conservatives, that's just that's repeating things we already inherently know because we experience it on a daily basis because we were blessed with critical thinking skills to ask things like is that true why what aren't you telling me so we've got the candidates calling for Kavanaugh to be impeached even after the corrections, we've got Kamala out there, Castro, they Beto. They don't care because that was all part of the plan. Bernie. They just want to plant this. They want New York Times to plant the seed of doubt, even though it's totally not true, mm -hmm. and so they can run with it. Yep. Um, that was one of the worst debates of all time last week. Woof. That was tough. They cut it short, too. They was scheduled to go for three hours. They cut it 20 minutes short. I don't blame them. The ratings had to be... Is it 14 million people tuned into it? I, I, I wish there weren't 14 million people watching. I, well, actually, I'm glad 14 million people watched it because they really got to see the left, the left, left wing of the Democrat Party on full display. And don't let the media confuse you or make you think that Amy Klobuchar is about to have a moment because she got 14% in some flipping drudge poll. Get out of here. We've gone over this on the show. We'll go over it until she finally drops out of the race. Amy Klobuchar has no path to the nomination. No one likes her. She has a terrible reputation. She's mean to everyone around her. She's 
awful to her staffers, and voters don't like her. Why? Because she really hasn't accomplished all that much. She really hasn't done it. There's no compelling case for her other than uh, I'm as maybe a little bit more moderate than Joe Biden, and I'm a female from the Midwest. That's it. So I don't get that. Anyway, she thinks Dr. Ford is the, the face of Brady. You know, these are the same people that said Colin Kaepernick is our the civil rights leader of our generation. No one's made more sacrifices than Colin Kaepernick. $43 million made in his NFL career. He won an Emmy, and Nike won an Emmy for that ad. That's an embarrassment. Well, I mean, it's, they, wonder, they wonder why no one watches award shows anymore. No one cares about what critics think. So we all know it's BS. We all know it's liberal BS. They think the entire world are these little, these these little little bubbles that they live in. These these coastal left wing bubbles. It's not. And it's great to see them fall on their face. I love seeing media people struggle or fail. Um, but that was one. Honestly, that that was that was going back. To the, that was one of the worst debates I've ever seen. You know, there are some there's some pretty tough slogs in the 2012 Republican debate because there weren't really exciting. You know, the Newt Newt was made for TV. Newt was good on that. San, you know, Santorum wasn't bad. Romney's Romney. You know, you know, you get the laughs from Ron Paul and Gary Johnson, right? That's, that, that, that's it. But it, that kind of takes me back to that because obviously last year's Republican debates were must-see television. I mean, those were some of the best live events of last year outside of the NFL. All right. Do we want to go through and, like, rank them or give them a grade or just jump in the list of four? Well, I, we'll, 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 we'll do a quick little ranking coming out of it. It looks like the polls really haven't changed that much. It's still Biden, Sanders, Warren. I just meant our personal ranking. Oh, our personal rankings? Well. well, I think my personal rankings here sum it up. I'll go through, I'll, I'll, I'll say candidate and say what I had to say about them, and then you respond. Okay. How about that? Let's do it. Okay. Um, the first one that I had, I guess this is kind of a, almost a de facto ranking I did, uh, Elizabeth Warren. I thought her opening speech was fire. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're part of the Moonbat Society, she's yep. she's your number one. Yep, I think she's think she's number one Moonbat. If 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 you take if you take my values and get the complete opposite of them, you get Elizabeth Warren. Um, but it's a very populist message that she has. Um, I think she did great. I think the thing that I remember her most for is her trying not to say that she's going to raise taxes on the middle class, even though. To pay for her plans, she has to raise taxes on the middle class. The case that she was making is that cost overall at the end of the year will go down. Like you'll pay more in taxes, but you're going to pay less in health care, health insurance costs, or health care costs. That's the argument she's going to making. That's something that would have to play out over years and years and years. That's voters aren't going to buy that. Um, Sanders sounded sick. I don't know. He, Bernie's Bernie. He does the same shtick every time. Sound, he's, I wrote down. What, as we were watching it, or like initial thoughts, and I just wrote like he needs a lozenge. Yep. Snooze. Uh, Biden. I mean. Good, good gravy. Good gravy. His teeth are falling out. Yeah. Well, like, where do we start? Where do we start with Biden? I don't want to go too into it because some of my lists of four cover him. Okay. Okay. I just want to say with Biden, 
His performance, yep. I mean, eh, it's a, it was a B, a B minus. Like, he had a little bit more energy. A B? What would you give him? That's like a millennial curve you're giving him. He was like a C minus. Okay. He was almost D's get, get degrees territory. <laughs> it, was, it was rough. Someone called him a racist online. People are trying to call him a racist. I don't think anything he said was racist. I just think what he said was just... Dumb. Wrong. Yeah, yeah I, like I just think like he never brought like race into it. Like, they were pointing out the thing when the the record player thing. How is that racist? That's just but really. Old. But really, what he was talking about was like social workers coming to these houses and they meet these parents who like have no idea to raise kids. And he was not. He just he was basically it was classist. He was basically saying like these poor people, these social workers come into these houses, these poor people, and they don't know how to raise their kids. And it's like, well, I mean. That I don't think he's wrong with that observation. It's just not something that you're allowed to say anymore in liberal circles. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll hit on Biden with the list of four. I just thought he was I just thought he was sloppy. You know, this week he was talking about corn pop, this like gangster that like may or may not exist in the mean city pools of Wilmington Delta. It's just, he's. I mean, if he if he gets the nomination, I I, I mean. They can't let him go up against Trump. He's going to get us... It's going to look bad. Um, which is great for us. But, you know... Well, that'll be pretty funny. Uh, Beto. A C plus. Wasn't, didn't he have the headlines coming out of the debate, though? Oh, that he's going to take, take everyone's guns? We're going door-to-door taking your guns. Yeah, but he's just... Reaching, he's just trying to make a headline. This is like his fourth campaign reset. Uh, yeah, I agree. He's just trying to make a headline, but. All right. Do we really want to rank the rest of them? Or just want to get the list of four? No, I think I think the point out is I think the biggest thing to call it are what are the two names that are off this list that I have here that I couldn't remember anything memorable from. Um, that are not on your list. Let me yep. give you your list. Um. Uh, they're so not rememberable. I don't even have them on here. Yeah. Where's uh? Do you not even remember them? Oh, I remember them. Okay. I figured it out later. Who are they? Camel, Camel. Oh yeah. And Mayor Pete. Yeah. Nothing memorable from that. Mayor Pete took a cheap shot at Mike Pence. Camel said, "Get dropped a yes we can." Biden's and. That's why they're at 6%. Somehow. All right, list of four. Let's do it. We're going to do right. a list of four draft style. Draft style. So we're going to go back and forth. And if Max steals all mine, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to go first. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go first. Are we just doing favorite draft, favorite, favorite draft, favorite debate moments? Yeah. yeah. Like what you thought was shocking or ridiculous or whatever. Okay. We're just funny. Yep. All right. So... And for my first pick, I'm going to pick Yang because I feel that Max might pick it. And I'm also stealing his line, but I'll give him credit for it. So he's just, I mean, Yang comes out and he's like, I'm going to do something unprecedented. And before this happened, Max was like, oh, he's going to like vape on stage. And I was like, eh, he's not going to do that. So instead, it's super boring. Oh, I'm going to literally buy your vote. Like, come do a sweepstakes. I'll give you $1,000 a month. Which is questionable at best and a mockery of democracy at worst. 
and that line is from Max, and I will give it to him. But it was just, it was absurd. I was like, I'm out. This is ridiculous. All right, what's your pick? Um... Yeah. yeah, him like, and him like talking about true bucks later democracy. It's just so weird. It's just so. so such you can take campaign. that as one of yours if you want. I'm just taking the. No, no, no. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna lump in the the a thousand the buying actually openly buying people's votes and the shrewd dollars, shrewd bucks, democracy dollars idea. I'm just gonna lump that in together. Um. What's your first pick? You know, I think my first pick is gonna be Julian Castro calling Joe Biden old. <laughs> Nice. Like calling out his memory, like almost right away. Um, Biden actually was right on the substance, but the only thing that people remember was Castro being like, "Do you not remember what he said two minutes ago?" Like a perfectly scripted line that he dropped in there. The media reaction to it was just overwhelmingly oh, he's like, "So mean! He's so mean! He's so rude! That's so uncalled for!" And there's this one woman on ABC who I thought had it cor- absolutely correct. She was like, "Listen, in a year they're going to be going up against Donald Trump. He's not going to pull any punches. No. Like it is probably better that you know someone like Biden takes a shot like this now." and learns how to prep for it rather than just be completely blindsided by it next year. Because, yeah, I mean, she's, like, 100% right. And she was a Democrat, but she had she exactly had the right point, which is let's not go after Julian Castro for it. Let's make sure that Joe Biden's actually up to this test if he's going to be the nominee because he didn't look great. He really didn't look great. No. All right, my pick, I'm going to pick a line that, Cory Booker said a couple of times during the debate, he kept saying environmental injustice. Oh, good one. It's, what does that even mean? It's made up like, it's like, let me pick some keywords and see what kind of clicks I get. Mm-hmm. All right, that's my second one. What's your second one? Um, come on, make a pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Beto talking about guns. I know we already talked about it, but I thought it was just—it's hysterical how every time hell the gun yes, debate we're comes up, you. hell yeah! I mean, yeah, that's hell yes, and he immediately has like the T-shirts ready to go, his canned line where you go, hell yeah, we're gonna take your AR-15, hell yeah, we're gonna take your AK-47. Um, and while we're ta- while we're talking about this, I talked to my mom, and she had a great story for this, so I thought I would share. Okay. So a lot of people now like to think that the Second Amendment is there for hunting, but it's not there for hunting. It's actually there so that the people can keep the government in check. It's so that the government can never take control. And the story she gave me that I thought was very poignant is my grandfather fought in World War II, and he was always couldn't believe that the Germans could get taken over by their government like that. And what happened was the German government made all the Germans register their guns, sound familiar, and then they went and took them all because they knew where they were. And then we got Nazism. I mean, you think it can't happen, but it can happen. It's very easy. It's very slippery slope. So no, we're not keeping our AK-47s to go hunting. We're keeping it to keep the government in line. You become socialist or start a revolution. We're going to need our guns. That's right. All right. I just wanted to make that little point. Should I go with my third pick? Go with your third pick. Okay. My third pick 
I think is, um, I, ju- I just thought was outrageous, was Beto, of course, kept harping on the El Paso shooting because it's his hometown, so he's, of course, using it to his advantage. And he said that, quote, the shooter was inspired to kill by our president. How? If, any, if he was inspired by anyone, it was you guys. In fact, I'm pretty sure he was a Warren supporter. Was that correct? The El Paso shooter? Wasn't he a Warren supporter? The Dayton shooter Oh, the Dayton, excuse me. But point being, they weren't Trump supporters. So I thought that was outrageous. That was my number three pick. Yeah. Um, my third pick is hyperbole. Oh, just like the incredible hyperbole we get from the candidates these days uh, with, with Bernie Sanders calling Trump the most you know, dangerous president of all time. And, it, and it's like, it's not even like challenged. It's not even challenged. If you take a look at, you know, things that Woodrow Wilson did in terms of, you know, just openly removing people's civil liberties um, and completely ignoring how the constitutional process is supposed to work. Um, he's definitely not the most dangerous president of all time. Um, so I just thought, I just thought the hyperbole and especially once they start talking about climate change. That's the best. You know, this week we had AOC coming out saying, like, in a couple of years, Miami's not going to exist. <laughs> okay. Right. 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 If that were true, then half of it would already be underwater. It's just, and it's just stuff like that. So I just, I just think the hyperbole on the side of, you know, and just to go back to the previous point, Democrats for years have meaning like, we're not going to go door to door and take your guns. We're not going to take your guns. We're not going to take your guns. And Beto O'Rourke goes out there and be like, yeah, we're taking your guns away. And now everyone's got to respond to that because all of the activists are like, finally, someone who's speaking the truth. We are going to take right. your guns away. Right, they're like, away. oh, finally, we don't have to pussyfoot around this. Yeah, we're yeah. going to take your guns. Yeah, we're going to raise your taxes. Yeah, we're going to be socialists. Like, God, these people are freaking nuts. We're going to take your guns. We're going to take your car. We're going to take your, we're going to take everything that you have away. And, and in place, in, you'll get free health care. And move it into our mansion. And that's it. That's all you get. Right. All right. I'm going to go with my final one. Yep. Go with your final one. All right. My last pick is just what came to mind when Biden was like flailing and talking about record players and just going on and you were like, what is happening? I just thought of that scene in the office where Dwight starts talking when he's trying to get the position that Michael may be leaving if he takes a job in New York and he just goes, the aristocrats. And that's how I felt Biden was. He's just like, blah, 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 the aristocrats. Mm -hmm. So that's my fourth. I want to see Joe Biden doing an aristocrats joke on stage. Just something really raunchy. Yeah. yeah. I just also want to point out that the Jets are down to their third string quarterback right now. And this just got real brutal. Who is their third string quarterback? <laughs> All right. What's your last pick? My last pick is... Dun, dun, dun. I have a couple if you need them. I'm going, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with the moderator calling out Kamal Harris for being just like terrible on criminal justice reform Nice through the eyes of a liberal. <laughs> just like, here's the, here's like the African-American woman who is, or the black woman that's in the race. And you've got another black woman moderator up there who's just 
absolutely giving her the business on criminal justice reform. And like, you did nothing. And Kamala gives this, like, response, like, well, I was trying to change the system from the inside. Like, that's a great, that's a great answer for, you know, I didn't do anything as I didn't care. But don't look at me. It's the system, man. All right? It's the system, man. That's what it is. Um, so I just thought it was great. It's like the second one in a row. You know, Tulsi called her a cop the first time around. I mean, like, you were, you know, while, you know, us were, some of us were being public defendants, you were, you know, putting people behind bars. <laughs> and uh, um, so I just thought it was great that that was brought up again. But I, I guess that's my final one, just Campbell getting called out and just not really having any sort of response to it. Yeah. The only thing I pointed out was I liked Biden's how are you going to pay for it? Because, yeah, how are you going to pay for it? And then Klobuchar just like opens with awkward self-deprecating humor. And I was just like, this is not working. No, it's not working. And then Castro leads off of Spanish. And I was like, if y'all are doing a drinking game, like we're starting early. Why were people upset that Jorge Ramos was asking all sorts of questions? Jorge Ramos doesn't consider himself a journalist. He considers himself an activist. They had an immigration activist ask questions the last time. And I mean, they had Rachel Maddow ask questions earlier this year. I don't understand what the big deal is. Why did people freak out about this? I don't know. All right. Great list of four. What are we doing else? Two out of four. Only, only, only 40% of Americans can uh, name a congressperson. Just a single one? One. One? One. That's embarrassing. That's... Uno. I bet you they can list like four people on The Voice. I can't do that. I can't even list one on The Voice. So the next time that a Democrat talks to you about how voter ID laws are awful, just let them know that. There should be a quiz first. 60% of the country can't name a congressperson. And please explain to me why more people need to vote. <laughs> But I guess that explains the Democrat Party right there. They're like, yes, we want those people to vote because those are the people that are just going to be like, oh, you're going to give me free shit? Oh, cool. I'll vote for you. All right. Buying the votes. All right. Do you have a, some cute, few quick hits you wanted to get to before we do Trump's tweet of the day? I think we kind of hit them. Oh, okay. Iran. Let's not go to war. Well, that was such a stupid tweet the president had. I love the guy, but he's like, we're locked and loaded. We're, like, ready to go. It's like, I know you're giving, like, a peek behind the curtains here of, like, what the deliberations are. We don't need it. No. All right. We'll do Trump Tweet of the Day then. You had your own? Because I have one. No, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with you. What was... Um, there's another thing. Oh, Ilhan Omar. She's the real victim of September 11th. She needs to just go away. Please go away. Yeah. She's the real victim. Um, yeah, other than that, this guy that's going to be on SNL, he got fired because he said some slurs. <laughs> Let's say off-collar things. All right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's just... Trump tweet of the day. All right. Trump tweet of the day. I call for the resignation of everybody at the New York Times involved in the Kavanaugh smear story. And while you're at it, the Russian witch hunt hoax, which is just as phony. 
They've taken the old gray lady and broken her down, destroyed her virtue, and ruined her reputation. She can never recover and will never return to greatness under current management. The Times is dead. Long live the New York Times. <laughs> so great. I just love it. Talk to you soon.